Jaguars looking to bounce back after a tough loss to the 49ers. What's your biggest concern going up against the Titans? Mike Vrabel. He always has this team ready to play. Week 18 last year, he had Joshua Dobbs, and the Jaguars needed a late miracle to make it happen. Stay out of your own way. Welcome to Jags AM on this Thursday. I'm Kainani Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Osier with us as we get ready for the Titans matchup this Sunday. We put the 49ers in the rearview mirror. We're focused forward now because this is a big divisional matchup. We've talked about it all week. It's going to have big repercussions, especially going to the Texans the week after. You know, uh, the Jaguars had lost five in a row to the Titans entering last season, and they won both of those. And it felt huge because they, they had solved the Derrick Henry dilemma. They had figured out some things. Of course, the Titans were all beat up. Now you want to keep that going. We talked a little bit yesterday about you're the big dog in the division or you're supposed to be the big dog in the division with rookie quarterbacks across their roster. This is a week to prove it. Yeah, and I'm the first guy. You guys hear me all the time talk about how dangerous the Titans are. Uh, I never really believe you've got that team until you put them away. But that being said, the reason I answered the top of the question show the way I did, I think this game is more about the Jaguars than it is about the Titans. The Titans are fine. Uh, if, if you don't play well, they can get you. Uh, but you've got to not turn the ball over, and then you've got to play defense, meaning stop the run, create turnovers. If you play to what you believe your identity is, which is creating turnovers, being smart on offense, they haven't been that, but that's what, that's what they believe their offense is, and stopping the run, you're fine against this team. But they haven't done that enough. Got to help yourself. Let's go over some of the big things we have for you this week. We're going to start out with the tale of the turnovers. That's been a bugaboo for this team as of late. Finally caught up with them against San Francisco. Trevor Lawrence talked yesterday about some of those issues. Just so things like that, you know, I don't <coughs> harp on too much those fourth down situations like that. But the, the, the other ones, you know, go back to Pittsburgh game, the one in the end zone. Uh, go back to, I think there was one against Indy. There's one against Houston. Those are the ones that I can think of where I felt like I didn't make a great decision. So I think more more of the issue, personally, individually, has been hanging on to the ball, you know, in the pocket, getting stripped. Um, if, if I am taking a hit, keeping two hands on it, you know, I got to do a better job of that. And then collectively as an offense, you know, we, we have to do a better job as a whole of just not giving the ball away. We've had too many this season. John, we talked a little bit about, you know, that throwaway kind of interception at the end of the game, not talking about that, but just being smarter, whether it's throwing the ball away when you're in field goal range, not taking a sack, or, you know, when he tried to fire it off Tank's hands at one point in the San Fran game, and just, is that just Trevor trying to force stuff because he wants to make something happen? Yeah, I think there's an element, uh, in the Ozone podcast, last week I talked to Travis Etienne, and he had a fascinating part of it where he talked about how he had to learn to run in the NFL, mm. meaning it, he had to learn that it was okay to take a four-yard run. He said that was really hard for him, uh, that he couldn't beat everybody to sidelines. You saw it last year, and it's hard to incorporate that if you're a running back when you're first figuring it out. But you saw it last year, trying to make every play a touchdown. Well, now he's a much better running back because he has an NFL mindset. I think there's a degree of that with Trevor. Uh, and and. He's such a talented guy, and he's the quarterback, believes that he can make a big play on every play. Uh, we talked about it earlier. The Tank Bigsby interception last week, no need for the ball to be thrown because it was not going to be a play uh, that led anywhere even if it 
Give me a look how far yeah. behind the line of scrimmage. Right. There's no chance. He's so gonna get even if he yeah. catches that ball, it's, it's a two or three yard loss. Now, Trevor has no way of knowing how the play is going to eventually go. But you can lower your risk in a situation yeah. uh, and just dirt in the ball. Much the same way um, in the pocket, it felt like Indy, when he got hurt, trying to make a play outside where you just got to learn to sort of take it. Now, you don't want to curtail the instincts that this kid has because he makes special happen. Uh, so what we're talking, I'm sitting here saying it. I don't know if I could do it in real time. It's situational But awareness. that's what you got to do, and that, I think, is his next process to becoming elite is figuring out the situational awareness. Yeah, you've got to know what's going on around you. It's, a, it's the throw in the end zone last year against Houston. or And this year or against Pittsburgh. This year yeah. against Pittsburgh. I'll give you a better one, uh, or one that stands out more to me. It was against the Bills in London. They get the ball with ETN across midfield, right, in their second half, and they're looking to, to hold off the Bills who were charging, and the ball goes over his head. Just fall on it. Just, right. just, just recover the ball, live to fight another place. And he, he kind of fumbles to pick it up, and then he runs, and someone's wrapped around him, and then he tries to throw with an arm on top. Don't. Just go down. Punting is okay, and that's something he has to learn. Yeah, there is a school of thought. Uh, if you end every possession with a kick, uh, you're okay. And you don't want to completely go that direction because, again, the NFL is about making plays, and quarterbacks are going to have mistakes. Uh, but I do remember it, with the Colts, when I first got there, Peyton Manning was very interception prone. Tony Dungy got there, and I asked him, I said, well, isn't, isn't a quarterback in this day and age, you're going to have some picks, right? you got to live with that. And Tony's like, nah, no, you really don't. <laughs> well, one year after Tony got there, Peyton went on a run where it was, it, it was 10 interceptions and lower. So the point is, you can have explosive offense without interception. And, it, and this is sort of off topic because I don't think Trevor's super interception prone. It's just more situations where the fumbles in the pocket. He said it yesterday. Those are ones that uh, sometimes you just get blasted from behind. It's going to happen. But there are other times where he'd be the first to tell you. There can be better ball protection. And it's a turnover sack fumble like that is such a moment. It's not just one play. It's a couple of series that it takes you. The other day, fumbles on the 48. Yeah, they stopped him, but the field position was all sort of tucked back against the Jaguars. Those are tough things to overcome. Last five games, 12 turnovers. That they're 4-1 and one is a miracle, yes. right? That, that the numbers say you should be 2-3, and three, right? You just don't win when you turn the ball over that much. If they're going to change the trajectory and go where they want to go, they've got to protect the football. The reason they were able to do that is because of our big thing number two today, which is tale of the takeaways. The defense has been miraculous in takeaways. The differential is not great because of the turnovers, but Rayshon Jenkins talked to us on Monday and he said the team really needs to get back to that. We, we, I mean, we got to help our offense out in situations like that. Just, just, I mean, really because that, that was a great defense that they, they were playing against yesterday. So we have to, you know, those are one of those games you just have to go defense for defense. And, um, we, we know what our formula is on our defense, and that is takeaways. Uh, we've done a great job thus far with the takeaways, but we know, you know, uh, in order for us to continue to have the ses success that we were having, uh, we have to have those takeaways. Brian, the success of this defense, a lot of it is stopping the run and forcing turnovers, and they didn't really do that against San Francisco, and they didn't play very well. Um, obviously a great team they're facing off against, but how do you, you get back to that? I heard saw a shocking number yesterday.
that the Jaguars are 0-20 in the last 20 games in which they have not forced a turnover. 0-20. They've lost the last 20 games in which they have not taken the ball away. It's amazing. You have got to get back to that mentality, especially with a quarterback and an offense that are turnover prone right now. You have got to give them an extra possession. You've got to give them a shorter field. You've got to make it easy on an offense that right now is still trying to find itself. I'm amazed that here we are coming up on Thanksgiving and we're still talking about an offense that hasn't found itself, John. But if the defense doesn't do Mm -hmm. some things to help them, right now they're not capable. Yeah, I'll play the other way a little bit. I think sometimes turnovers can be chicken and egg, meaning, uh, you know, if you're trailing 10 nothing off off the get-go to a team like San Francisco and then 13-3, and three, well, they're built to very easily not turn the ball over a whole lot. So some of that stat is sort of self-fulfilling, if that makes sense. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't have got any turnovers, but in that game, think about what happened early in that game. All of a sudden, you had the short punt by Logan Cook, which is incredibly unusual, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden, San Francisco starts on their 37. Been a long time since... You know, a field position has really played into this team's favor this year, the Jaguars. So when, when San Francisco gets the ball in that situation, they're going to be a little smarter. The great teams are not going to turn the ball over to you when they have a good situation in hand because they know how to protect leads. Uh, that being said, this team has to turn the ball over. Well, go, back to the, go back to the, the, the previous loss against C.J. Stroud and the Texans back in September. That's a rookie quarterback yep. who had thrown the ball all over the place. Now, he hadn't been intercepted at that point in his career. You would think you'd be able – to, to break the narrative, which was the Jaguars getting in their own way for most of the game, and they couldn't get it done. So, I, I mean, I do get the other side of this thing, but you, you've got a rookie quarterback this week in Will Levis uh, who has shown a propensity to just chuck the ball down the field. Uh, he hasn't the touchdown pass since the Falcons game, which was when he threw four. So he's going to come out gunning. Go get it. We're going to see it. Our final big thing this week is Tale of the Titans because, as we mentioned, they're not the Titans. We're always used to seeing their 3-6 and six this year. They've had some struggles for sure. And Trevor talked a little bit about what this division is like right now and why this is so important. You look at our division, and it's, it's, a, pretty tight, it's a pretty tight race right now. You know, we're, we're technically in first, but we're, I mean, the Texans and the Colts are right there. So, um, and then the Titans, they're still, I mean, they're, they're three and six, so they're still, we're still so early in the season. We were in their position, if you think about it, last year. So we understand their sense of urgency on the, on the flip side of that is um, they know how big this game is too. So we're going to get their best shot. They're a good team. Talking a little bit about last year where the Jaguars were kind of in their position and then they came back to win the division title. So that just shows how important this is to kind of get yeah. as big of a lead as you can as early as you can. Their offensive line had long been a strength for them. And those guys have now gone away, whether retirement and injury or free agency. And of course, Derrick Henry is reaching that, that moment where big power running backs start to decline, although he's averaging over four yards carry. And if you give him enough carries, he can really do some damage to you. Um, that being said, to me, this is all about these Jaguars being ready for this game. Because last year, you know, they're playing for the playoffs, Kai. Yeah. And it's a primetime game here. And Mike Vrabel comes in with a guy that they had plucked off of the <laughs> Detroit Lions practice squad. Now, we know Josh Dobbs because he was here for a time in 2019. And then we've seen what he's done this year in, in Arizona and Minnesota. Nothing against Josh Dobbs, but there was no way that that Jaguars team that was on a winning streak should have struggled like they did against Josh Dobbs in primetime with the playoffs on the line. And yet, they did. So this team has got to be ready to avoid the sort of, what do you want to call it, letdown that they had on Sunday against the 49ers. 
bloodbath. Well, yeah, I mean, just, just, <laughs> they've all used the term, yeah. we laid an egg. Man, you can't lay an egg right, in the first quarter like and beat that guy on Sunday. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a huge game. It, it, it's not a time for panic because most seasons, even when a team's good, it's pretty rare at midseason to have a five-game lead and feel like you clinch the thing. It's the NFL. Uh, you're going to have a couple of bad games. Teams are going to get close. It's still early. Everybody's so bent up about the Texans, and I get the Texans are fine, uh, but they've also won the last two games by a narrow margin. They've had their time. Yep. If you win the next two, you can make this surge feel almost incidental. Uh, but guess what? The Texans, if they win their next two, they can make this surge feel really important. That's what the NFL is all about. So I think the Jaguars, I, I think they're going to recover. I think they have been very good coming off bad losses under Peterson. I think they're going to go on a little run here, but they got to go do it just because I say it to me. Yeah, yeah. you know, they played be awesome if it did, right? I mean, I can say oh, yeah, just, what yeah. else do you want, right? I mean, if you're just throwing oh, things yeah. out, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this, this is simple. This is real armchair analysis. This team can play better on both sides of the ball, although the defense has really played well this year. Time to go play well, right? I mean, it, this is November when the pretenders are separated from the contenders. November is that that fulcrum, that swing point in the season where you start to identify who can and who cannot. Prove it. Let's go. Let's do it. Stay with us. Coming up after the break, we're going to go over some of the impact players we see for the game on Sunday. Suddeth is Florida's trusted and reliable moving company. Suddeth is proud to be the official moving partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can get a guaranteed quote today by visiting suddeth.com slash jacks. Welcome back to Jags AM. We're also presented by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. You can step up to luxury at fieldsauto.com. Now we're going to go over some of the impact players, what we think they'll be doing in the game this weekend. Brian, who are you looking at? I'm going with Josh Allen for my he will, he won't, he might, and I think he will have a big game. He played well last Sunday. He didn't have the numbers against Trent Williams, but he more than held his own, and so I think he breaks through this week. Now, it might not always be him. It might be the guy on the other side, Trayvon Walker, who last week played probably his best game as a pass rusher. We couldn't really talk about it this week because everything else was bad, but he was right there in the face of the quarterback, and Josh Allen might be in the pocket pushing things his direction and won't get the numbers, but you'll feel Josh Allen. You also might feel Trayvon Walker because of Josh. Yeah, um, I agree. I think the edge guys have been good all season. I think circumstances in each game will determine how many sacks those guys get. That's usually the case. I went with uh, Calvin Ridley. Um, he will be a factor offensively, and, and he will draw an interference penalty because he always does. I think sometimes that has gotten lost this year. Um, his numbers have frustrated fans. I'm sure his, must, his numbers have frustrated Calvin a little bit. Uh, but I think it shows you how hard he is to cover and, and how legitimately dangerous he is. I think he's drawn nine penalties. I think the number is over 100 yards. Uh, that's not nothing. And, and, and a couple of those penalties have changed the game. So I still think he matters in this offense. Uh, he won't be the, quote, focus. They're not going to feed him the ball. I, I just don't – I got a lot of emails this week. Why isn't he more involved? And I just don't think this offense right now wants to overly feed him. Well, remember how clunky it felt early in the season when they were trying to do that. Uh, I, I think they want to have it still happen organically for him. 
I think they will take some deep shots. They talked about that. If you're going to take deep shots, it's a Calvin Ridley type game. So it gets some, but I, I think you're going to see him come out and throw five straight passes him early in the game. Uh, he might make the difference. I thought he would make a big difference last week. I, I was surprised that he was not a big time factor. I think the game circumstance didn't allow it. They didn't get in the red zone very much. Uh, but I think he, um, I think this is the game where he starts to sort of move in that direction. I think after nine games, you're going to feel that chemistry sort of come together. Yeah, you know, I talked to some folks in Atlanta who they said that he was always most successful when he was in motion, that he wasn't a static receiver. And a lot of times you see him at the line of scrimmage just jumping. And, of course, he's being pressed because he's Calvin Ridley. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't try to get him in motion more to get him moving because when you look at the big explosive plays that he's been capable of in his career, yeah. a lot of those have him moving. And we haven't seen much of that yet. No, not yet. So definitely an option. I went with Travis Etienne because I think he will get back in the end zone. Of course, the team in general didn't get in the end zone in their last game, but I think Travis is, when we've seen the offense do well, it's when Travis has been doing well. Uh, he won't take over the game. I don't think he's going to have three touchdowns, but I think he will get back in the end zone, get things moving a little bit, and he might be kind of the key to help open things up on offense. We saw him get that um, receiving touchdown a couple of games ago, and I think that's something that they haven't utilized a ton of either, and that might be something where if they show a couple different looks kind of Travis as a threat there he has good hands he can catch so to kind of utilize him in that way maybe something new something different I mean you got to try something at this point right yeah yeah you sure do I mean I, I I also wouldn't be surprised to see them really try to force the ball in short yarded situations with Travis they have a lot of confidence in him in fact Doug Peterson said when training camp began he can get his shoulders square to the line of scrimmage and be that you know 15 1600 yard back well if he's going to be that over the course of his career He's going to have to be able to get third down and one, third down and two. And as I talk to people, John, there's nobody that exhibits any lack of confidence in Travis. And I just get the sense that they want to maybe force the issue with it. Yeah, he can definitely do that. Uh, they tried a little bit last week, I thought, to sort of minimize his carries a little bit. I don't say minimize, but, you know, uh, give uh, D'Ernest yeah. and, uh, and tank some carries. Um, I still wonder how much they'll be able to stick with that as games get important and close because Travis yeah. has been so good. And it, it, it's important. It, it, it's a good call, Kat. It, it's so important to be able to run the ball into the end zone. Uh, when they have felt like a good team this year, they've been doing that pretty well. When they beat Indy early, uh, New Orleans. in the stretch where they were winning, finishing off the drives against Buffalo, mm -hmm. New Orleans, that's when they felt like they were flexing a little bit offensively. So uh, last week was tough because you couldn't really stick with it. And yeah. it, but I think as when games are close, I think you're going to uh, stick with ETN. And I'll be getting a bunch of emails. Why are they running so much? You know, but but th I think they feel like they've got to stick with it even when it's going to struggle. And I think it, I, I think it's going to struggle at times with some pops from him. All right, stay with us as we look ahead. We're going to give you what we think the headlines will be on Monday after the break. This Sunday's game against the Titans is going to be delivered by CSX. CSX is how tomorrow moves. We're not great at predicting the future, but we are going to try today as we do tomorrow's headlines today. So, Ryan, what do you think the front page is going to say on Monday? Well, if, if I was the headline writer, I think it would say something like tightened up because the Jaguars have been too loose with the football. 
Uh, the great thing about the Titans is, is that they play fundamental football. They really do the little things well, which requires you to do the little things well. well. I don't think there's anything more important heading into the stretch run of the season than doing the little things well. I mean, it's great to get the over-the-top passes to Calvin Ridley, but if you don't convert on third down and two or third down and three, you're not going to stay on the field. If you don't convert in the red zone, right, and get the touchdowns to the field goals, you're not going to win the games against the Bengals and the Ravens late in the year when seeding is going to be so important. So a game against the Titans requires you to play good, sound, fundamental football, and I think they'll be tightened up and ready to go for the stretch run. John, you go back to your newspaper days. What do you got for the headline this week? Um, I went with uh, back where they belong. I, you know, they're already in first place, so the, I guess it's still where they belong. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think they're the best team in the division. I, I think when you're six and three, you've earned that status. Uh, mainly, I think this game, when they play well, and I think they'll play well. I think fans will say, "Okay, well, it's okay. We're seven and three. We got a good stretch run coming up in front of us. There's still hope." Uh, I think maybe this game will put some perspective back in the conversation. And you know, it, it, that's really important because. They may not look elite, right? I mean, they may not look like the, the, the San Francisco 49ers or the Kansas City Chiefs, but they're still a really good football team. And that's what I think people have lost. You, you get beat like that, John. You walk out of here going, man, they are not what I thought they were. And you immediately go from here to here in right. people's minds. Yeah. And, and the opportunity to get back, right, tightened up, back where you belong, to start playing good football again reminds people, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not here. They may not be here, but they're like here. This is what this week is about. This is going to sound like a coach cliche, but teams are different throughout the course of the year. The New England Patriots once lost to the Buffalo Bills 31 nothing and won the Super Bowl, and they lost in the opener. So um, you can get – most coaches want to get to mid-November and then try to stay healthy, improve, start peaking, start playing well after this. So 6-3, and three, you win this, you're 7-3, and three, yep. and you have seven left. You have it all out in front of you. If, if you – improve like you think if you start hitting some chemistry like you think and you go on a run there all of a sudden that seven and three start gets you to 12 and five and you look and you forget all about this uh they were two and six last year yeah improvement is possible in the nfl they have to improve but you need to win this to put yourself in a position to do that I think it's definitely a stepping stone game in my mind as well because I think I went with defense dominates because if this team is going to be good this year, thought it was going to be offense, it's the defense. So they need to go out there, take care of Derrick Henry, make him not a huge factor, and also take advantage of the rookie quarterback. Will Levis had those four touchdowns in his first game. He hasn't looked great after that. He's someone you can rattle. He's someone you can get to, you know, force a couple of interceptions, bad throws, and give your offense the ball back because we know they need time to figure things out. I think this is a good game for them to kind of get in the end zone, get a win, kind of work on it, and then Houston will be a huge matchup that we're looking at. You know, it's, it, Henry is – He's been a story, obviously, because he's from here and he's a great player. Last year, he had 50 carries, 51 carries, and just over 200 yards in two games. Mm-hmm. And a guy grabbed me the other day, go, that's, you know, four yards per carry. Well, he had one 50-yard run, right? So then he had 50 carries for 150 yards, which is three yards. So if you can just keep him from getting that big run where he hits the seam downfield, you can limit him and, and the hammer that he can be at your defense. I mean... Trust me, we, we were all still traumatized by the 99-yard run on Thursday Night Football back in 2019. He's not that guy anymore, but if you give him a crease and let him do 50 on you, it's going to make you look bad. 
let's hope they keep him contained. All right, coming up after the break, we're going to have a little more about the game on Sunday, and we'll be right back. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, you just have to check out ZipChair.com to browse all the customizable options. ZipChair is furniture made for fans. So we're back here at Everbank Stadium this week. It's actually the salute for service game, so it's going to be great. We'll have tons of veterans, um, military members, their families out there today. A lot of cool stuff is planned for that. And hopefully a good outcome on the field as well, because we haven't seen a lot of great home games so far this year. No, uh, and that has been a point of contention all week long you know, in every press conference or in the locker room. Hey, what's the matter at home? And nobody has an answer for it. I don't know that anything's the matter at home. Yeah. They, they just... Last week it was San Francisco. It was yeah, a great there's team. nothing to be done. Uh, hard to explain the, the Houston game. Still looking for you know what went wrong there because that was supposedly a good week of practice off the loss to Kansas City. I don't know about the home thing. Here's what I know. You know, going all the way back to the first game they ever played in the stadium in the regular season against the then Houston Oilers, this franchise now in Tennessee has had the upper hand. I think it's 33 and 23, um, the number in um, in terms of the regular season. So. Jaguars haven't won three in a row against the Titans since 2005, 2006. It's been a long time. Time to start something new. Yeah, time to start. Well, again, my theme has been if this is going to be your division, if, if you believe you're the big dog in the division, um, you've got young quarterbacks. You have a young quarterback, but you've got young quarterbacks now that they're starting to lean on a little bit. Um, this is a year to establish it. Go get it. Yeah, the next two weeks uh, shape the narrative, but it starts this week. If, 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 if you don't win this week, then, uh, boy, does Houston look like, you know, Ooh, yeah. It, yeah. you're hardly thinking about Houston at that point because you're worried about what's going on here. So and, it's, and much credit to C.J. Stroud. I mean, and D'Amico Ryans. I mean, if he's the coach of the year right now in the NFL. That's not a great roster. I mean, they're just getting started with their rebuild, but the quarterback is a revelation, and the coach has them playing really well. So that's for next week's shows. We'll have a lot to yes. talk about. But if you get through this one the way that you should, boy, you set up a big game next week. All right, it's going to be a good one. We hope you all enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll be right back here on Jags AM to go over everything for you on Monday morning.